It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. And you still like me, or you or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You're all right. <laughs> I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth. In America, wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Cindy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. It was a unifying message of resilience, resolve, and hope or a presentation of a radical tax and spend agenda that crushes economic opportunity. As is typical around here, Democrats and Republicans have two very different views of President Biden's address to a joint session of Congress, where he also touted his administration's work in addressing COVID-19 and efforts to vaccinate millions of Americans. We're marshaling every federal resource. We've gotten vaccines in nearly 40,000 pharmacies and over 700 community health centers. We're setting up community vaccination sites, developing mobile units to get to hard-to-reach communities. The president also sold a major expansion of federal programs and has now rolled out about $6 trillion in new proposals. Last night, he unveiled the American Families Plan, which would spend $1.8 trillion on child care, education, and health. That follows more than $2 trillion proposed for infrastructure and a series of other provisions, and the $1.9 trillion pandemic and economic plan that Biden has already signed into law. To pay for some of this, tax increases on those earning more than $400,000 a year. But it's time for corporate America and the wealthiest 1% of Americans to just begin to pay their fair share. Just their fair share. I'm not looking to punish anybody, but I will not add a tax burden, additional tax burden to the middle class in this country. They're already paying enough. On foreign policy, President Biden said the United States welcomes competition with China, that Russian actions will have consequences, and he defended his decision to withdraw American forces from Afghanistan later this year. Back home, the president says he wants police reform and new gun measures. We need more Senate Republicans to join the overall majority of Democratic colleagues and close the loopholes required in background check purchases of guns. We need a ban on assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. And don't tell me it can't be done. All right, that was Rich Etson on Fox News. I thought I'd let him tell you what happened last night. It was interesting, Kamala Harris and Nancy Pelosi sitting or standing behind the president as he came up on the podium. Uh, two women, of course, everyone's thrilled by that. I guess I'm not. It depends on the women, doesn't it? But not in this world. In this world, all that matters is that they're women, and so we're supposed to be excited. Only 200 people there, even though all of the House and Senate have been vaccinated. They've all been vaccinated. But uh, Nancy Pelosi managed the people who could come. And so there weren't very many people. I was kind of watching. I saw, um, well, I saw Liz Cheney, so I wasn't too surprised. I saw her warmly greet President uh, Biden. Uh, so there were some Republicans there, but not many. There was one a Supreme Court justice, Justice Roberts. There was, of course, the first lady and the first husband. Uh, and um, 
it, there was a female who said, Madam Speaker, you know, instead of the guy's booming voice. It was a very different night. I have to say, uh, what happened was uh, Nancy Pelosi is ruling the House like the little dictator as dictatress that she is. Uh, and every congressman in there had a right to be in the people's house, uh, but they weren't invited. This was the address of Joe Biden to the Congress, uh, but they weren't allowed to come. So um, it's it, this was, look, I, I have to explain this to you. If I just disagreed with Joe Biden on policy, if it was just an issue of me being a Republican who believes in smaller government, I would take time to analyze his address. I would talk to you about, yeah, I would try to reason with you about why I think my position on these issues is correct and his is incorrect, but this is not what we're talking about. We are talking about theater. What happened last night in the House was complete and total theater. And what happened in the House last night, uh, the joint session, was uh, a manipulation and a furtherance of control of this country. I, I want to just give you an example of what I'm talking about. Well, first, let me talk to you about what he did propose. As always, the left has have these great names. You know, the For the People Act, For the People, For the People Act is that ridiculously uh, Orwellian takeover of the election process in the United States, which will ensure that there is never a free, fair and free election ever again. I don't know how to more simply say it, but it's it's for the it's for your own good. It's for the People Act. And now what he introduced last night, Joe Biden, was the American Families Plan. The American Families Plan. It's a it is just only thinking of you. He cares so much about you. And so I would just just to illustrate how deceived people can be. I got an and, and this is no offense to this to the listener here. I, Daniel, this is no offense to you, but I just want to say, he says, I've reviewed the new American Families Plan, which looks like a great plan for health, education, provided care for families. The White House presented a good explanation of their findings and ideas. From my perspective on this, at first, it is a win for America, our children, and families to succeed. Uh, my question is, who is funding this? Okay, so, Daniel, here's the thing. Yes, it's great because President Biden is giving away, at least the people behind the curtain are giving away all of America's resources. And you will benefit. Uh, the American Families Plan, unless you're very wealthy, you'll benefit. Uh, there is $200 billion to spend on free community college for, for two years. Uh, it, the dreamers, uh, America's dreamers, those that were brought over by illegal parents, will also qualify for free education. And they'll have access to Pell Grants. Uh, there's new funding for historically black colleges. As I recall, President Trump gave a ton of money to historically black colleges. Um, it calls for uh, public education for every child, for preschool, universal pre preschool for everyone. Uh, from the ages of three and four, your kids can go to school for free. So that's great, right? Uh, nutrition assistance uh, to reduce childhood hunger. Uh, there will be uh, a tax cuts for the lower income. This is interesting because most people don't pay taxes at all. Uh, I think the tax cuts mean you'll get tax credits. That's probably what that means. Uh, and they, they spell out those credits. There will be a national paid leave, a relief, uh, paid leave program, sorry, a national paid leave program. 
And also, uh, uh, you know, f- again, free, free, uh, good childcare, more money for that, money for this, money for everything. So, yes, this is how this works. It is a radical transformation of America. It is a, a, a we're going to, the government is going to pay for everything. You don't need to worry anymore. It's all in good hands. Uh, it's all covered. Uh, there, uh, this particular proposal on American Families Plan is a $1.8 trillion spending proposal. And let me just say, if you'd like a breakdown on this, there's a great article on it that is uh, by Fox, Fox News. We'll put that on our Facebook page, and you can read about all these great things you're going to get. It's called, What's in Biden's Newest $1.8 Trillion Tax and Spending Bill? All right, so we'll put that on our Facebook page so that uh, you can find out what it is you're going to get because you're going to get a lot. It's going to be great. It will be great. It will be great until there is no more money in the American Treasury. Right now, we have $123 trillion of debt. $123. That's before President Biden proposed these things. $123 trillion in debt. That means that each of you, well, each of you that are taxpayers, that's me, my husband, and many of you, right, listening? Uh, the debt for you is, at this time, $800,000 apiece. $800,000 apiece. Your children will inherit poverty. They will never probably buy homes, be able to do the things that you did, I but meanwhile, enjoy your money that you're going to get. Enjoy it, because this is it's good times, right? Good times at Ridgemont High. It's a it's a it's a fun thing, and that's why I have to tell you, I, I my job I feel is to give you an understanding of what's taking place here. I watched yesterday um, uh, a briefing on what's happening in Hong Kong, and uh, there were several things that I learned from this. One thing that really was affirmed in my mind. I knew it, but I heard it in more clear terms, is how the Chinese Communist government uh, broke their promise to let Hong Kong be autonomous and have their own kind of system. They were been, they've been a democratic uh, republic of sorts since the, they were a British colony. Uh, but uh, gradually, over, not gradually, <laughs> very suddenly over this past year with all those Hong Kong protesters, the Chinese Communists went back on their word. I know that's a shock, but they did. And they clamped down on them, and the way they did that was that, well, they passed a national security law, and they started imprisoning people and holding them without bail. They arrested and people disappeared, and they took them to the mainland. They uh, took over. They made sure that corporate businesses in Hong Kong uh, were run by rabid leftists. They have been shutting down the media, uh, the media, the Epoch Times in uh, Hong Kong was raided. I don't even think I ever had said that at this microphone. Tons of damage uh, to their property trying to shut them down because uh, the Epoch Times, as you know, is a great outlet. We, I use it a lot, and many of you do now also. Uh, there's, another, there's one last, one more outlet that's left that's a free press uh, outfit in Hong Kong. It's Apple News or something to that effect, and the head of that is now in jail. So they took over the media, they took over the corporations, they started arresting people and holding them without bail. It is, according to Gordon Chang, my good friend Gordon, China is extending its totalitarian controls to the rest of the world. 
And part of this is what's called the Chinese social score, which I have. We'll spend more time on this in the future because you surely do need to know what it is. They will be watching you. They're already watching a restaurant in Vancouver. Uh, they have 60 surveillance cameras watching 30 tables, sending feeds back to China. And they're tracking, people track, they call it. Uh, they're sending it uh, back to China, and China's watching it all. They have uh, feeds from about 626 million surveillance cameras and smartphone scanners with data from multiple sources, and they have the potential. What they want to do is track everyone everywhere on the planet so that they can control them. And uh, so there are consequences, Gordon writes, for low-scored individuals. So they keep a score. Like if you criticize the premier of China uh, or anything like that, you get a bad score. You you don't score very well, and if you have a low score... Uh, it's uh, the purpose of the system is to, quote, allow the trustworthy to roam everywhere under heaven while making it hard for the discredited to take a single step. People with low scores have been denied social services, mortgages, and even the right to board trains and planes. There are also interconnecting repercussions for family, friends, associates, and businesses both in and outside of China. Uh, all I can say is, are we not seeing glimpses of that in what's happening in our country yesterday? Uh, Rudy Giuliani's apartment was raided by seven FBI agents at 6 o'clock in the morning. The former mayor of New York City, uh, a former part of the Justice Department, a former attorney for um, Donald Trump, was raided. His things seized. Uh, they spent two hours you know, going through his apartment without warning. And Victoria Tensing who is a former justice, federal prosecutor, and senior Justice Department official. Both uh, Victoria has been a longtime uh, friend of mine. Uh, her home was, well, her home was not raided. That's not accurate. But they came unexpectedly and seized her cell phone. And Victoria says, I, I would have done that. I would have turned over anything. They don't have to do it this way, uh, but they are doing it this way. Um, also, these two guys the, that were January 6th protesters, Julian Cotter and... Um, uh, the, uh, the other guy, they've been held, uh, they're not still being allowed bail. George Tanyos is the other name. They know now that uh, the officer did not die from bear spray, so there's no murder charge. And yet the family has raised $15 million. They still will not let them out on bail. They're being held in solitary confinement for 23 of 24 hours a day. All right, so I'm just telling you, I'm not so concerned about what Joe Biden said last night. I'm trying to tell you what's actually happening to your country. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. This is good news, maybe exactly when you need it to. Right now, MediShare is waiving their new member fees. This could save you money on top of all that you'll save each month by becoming a member of MediShare. So many people are looking for a healthcare solution right now, seeing the cost of COBRA plans, for instance, and MediShare is the affordable alternative to health insurance. The typical family saves $500 a month. You might save even more. MediShare is a Christian community that shares each other's healthcare costs, and because of the current economic situation, they're making it easier than ever. Apply by April 30th, and you can save an additional $170 on your first month. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Just tell them the promo code SHARE to receive your additional savings. Maybe now is the time to make the switch like more than 400,000 people already have and start saving. 
Here it is. Call 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. The National Day of Prayer is Thursday, May 6th. Join millions of Americans united in prayer for our country. Connect from your mobile device or computer to the largest online prayer gathering ever. It's an incredible opportunity to experience the power of prayer as one nation under God. Be a part of this historic day along with fellow Christians who are ready to make a difference by lifting up our nation in prayer. Free prayer resources are waiting for you right now. Join an online prayer room or create your own private prayer room and invite family, friends, and neighbors to join you for the National Day of Prayer. There's absolutely no cost to participate. This is your call to prayer, and now's the time to answer the call. Our country needs your prayers more than ever. Join the Presidential Prayer Team for the largest online prayer gathering in history at the National Day of Prayer. We'll see you online at pray.team. That's pray.team. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. No matter your career goals, you want to find a university that provides excellent academics and state-of-the-art facilities at a price you can afford. At Liberty University, they believe a quality Christian education should be available to everyone. That's why they've frozen their tuition rates through the 2021-2022 academic year and offer multiple scholarships, like the Middle America Scholarship, to bring that price point even lower. Learn more by texting STARNS to the number 49596. Sir Isaac Newton has become the latest victim of the cancel culture mob. Fieldston School in New York City has told students to stop using Newton's name when referring to the laws of motion. What goes up must come down, as they say. Newton's laws of motion will now be referred to as the three fundamental laws of physics. Educators at the elite prep school say it's an attempt to de-emphasize whiteness. The Daily Caller reports there's been an effort to go full-blown woke. For example, white male students are not allowed to speak first. They must always wait behind a female or minority student. And the school offers an elective class called Historicizing Whiteness. Just use your imagination to figure out what that class is about. You know, it sounds to me like somebody at the Fieldston School's been hit upside the head by one too many apples. Be sure to read more about this story and download my free podcast at ToddStarns.com. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Our nation is starving for more than empty platitudes. But three months in, the actions of the president and his party are pulling us further and further apart. Hear me clearly. America is not a racist country. It's backwards to fight discrimination with different types of discrimination. Our best future will not come from Washington schemes or socialist dreams. It will come from you, the American people, the country where my grandfather in his 94 years saw his family go from cotton to Congress in one lifetime. So I am more than hopeful. I am confident that our finest hour is yet to come. All right, that's Senator Tim Scott, a black senator. I have to say that, of course. I have to tell you that he's black because, you know, we have to think of everyone in terms of their color. That's what we have to do now. Uh, but that makes Tim's comments more profound when he's talking about what he's talking about, racism in America. Uh, he's qualified to speak about it, at least according to our culture, only people 
he is qualified to speak about it, but I just, the division, the, the, the demarcation between colors is so offensive to me, and yet this is the world in which we live, and they're forcing it on us even more. I just heard yesterday in a briefing that uh, one of the reasons they will not let go of the whole racist notion of um, of the voting and of voter ID and all of that is that um, that's how they feel they're going to be managing uh, taking over uh, elections. They just have to keep pushing that narrative to make people think it's racist to actually, you know, want people on the voter rolls who are actually citizens uh, legally here. Uh, and also, uh, you know, there was some comment, some yeah, I've got to find that clip. It was someone testifying before Congress this week about that, talking about how how dare you. So it was a black uh, attorney general from another state, I think North Carolina. And he said, you know, well, what makes you think that black people are not capable of getting voter ID? Why do you think we're so – why I – mean, these are my words, guys. I can't remember his exact words. Why do you think – how insulting, how insulting that you think we cannot manage on our own to find ID anyway – uh, but but the narrative works, and so they're using it. All right, I've told you that we are in uh, we are in the middle of a, a complete totalitarian takeover. Now that's just as true as I know how to say it, and that's why it's not business as usual. Generally, I listen to speeches, I take copious notes, and I try to tell you what I think these things mean and why I think some things are wrong and some things are right. This is a complete and to- this would be like me taking notes from. Um, uh, all all despots and dictators love to speak. Hitler went on and on and on and on and on. Joe Biden didn't do that because he's not capable. But it's why would you t- transcribe their words? Their words are um, it's propaganda and it's it's um, it's also just so fabricated and it's such theater. It's just I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Um, and I want to tell you what really matters, and that is that you're, you, we're losing our country. Uh, and I'm going to tell you how to fight back. In fact, I should just jump in right now and say that the way that you can still fight, uh, because when you look to Washington, I'm telling you, it's gone. I, I just don't have any hope for Washington. I think I've said this over and over and over again. I often said that I wish Washington, if it meant didn't mean the killing of people, would sink into the depths of the sea. Uh, if we did away with Washington, the country would be so much better. It is the epicenter, the nerve center of all things wicked in this country. But we can't, and we're stuck with it. And so what you have to do is uh, take back your local governance, take back your county, take back your city, take back your state. And we're having more and more successes on that, and you're going to hear more from me on that in the future. There are plans underway to actually make that happen. It's happening in Wisconsin. It's happening. Arizona's doing a recount of the the presidential election over the objections of all the, the left and the naysayers. Uh, and Michigan is accomplishing some great things, too. Gavin Newsom is probably going to be recalled. Uh, Gretchen Whitmer is in a bit of trouble in Michigan. So people in local areas are actually doing something, and that's what I want to help you catch a vision for, because we may have to just sort of uh, withdraw and pull away and take over where we live. Take over, meaning in the best sense of the term. Let the people speak. Look, there, look, there are so many. There are millions of such fine people in this country. They are not represented in the evening news and riots in the street. People that just love their families and want to live in peace. Many of them are God-honoring people. Many of them are just good people. Uh, many of them are just, they, they don't, they don't know what's going on here, but they're certainly not in favor of dismantling the country that they 
have raised their children in. I think we have a lot of, I think we probably need to think less in terms of Republican and Democrat from the, in the future. You'll probably hear me doing that. I really think it's people, and I've said this in one form or fashion, but we are in a new place. I think there are many, many Democrats who are looking at what's happening and honestly very concerned themselves. And I think we, we're not going to try to make them Republicans. That's never been my goal anyway. Uh, but uh, it has it has for the party. The, the, the Republicans have failed us, the leadership, as much as the Democrats in many ways. I'm I'm so disgusted with them, I can't tell you. And yet, that you know, the people that I support, most of them aren't. They are. They're all Republicans, and there are some great ones. But the party leadership is just lost, feckless. And they are the ones that have contributed so much to the demise of this country. And right now, they're not even fighting back. Not even fighting back. Do you hear Mitch McConnell fighting back? Do you hear Kevin McCarthy kind of sort of whimpering? Uh, but really basically doing nothing. And so the time to look to them, you know, if you still did by chance, is not now. Now it's state leaders. You've got to make sure, like you've got, there are a lot of uh, Republican legislatures and Republican governors, but there a lot of them are just weak. They're weak. It's, this is not a time for weakness. It's not a time for people that are not ready to fight. It's not a time for, you know, um, a compromise. No, we have to fight. And we have to fight in the right way. Okay, I want to tell you another story here because it's really important. And because a part of my life was invested in this many years ago. Uh, and so it means a great deal, but it mean, it has implications uh, for all of us and for now. Um, yesterday, or on Monday, a U.S. ship fired a warning shot at Iranian vessels uh, harassing the fleet. Uh, they've become more and more bold because, well, guess what? Because they know that Joe Biden is weak and willing to compromise, and that they want to start the Iran nuclear deal again. And so they're beginning to feel their oats big time. And as well they might, because they have a friend uh, for certain in John Kerry. Uh, John Kerry, as you know, was uh, there was a leaked three-hour videotape of um, uh, Mohammed, it's their foreign minister, Mohammad Javid Zarif. And in that three-hour leaked video, we found that well, lo and behold, Zarif reportedly, reportedly said on that video that John Kerry had told him that Israel attacked Iranian interests in Syria at least 200 times. So John Kerry, while he was Secretary of State, was colluding with an enemy, that's Iran, against an ally, which is Israel. And John Kerry was the champion for the Iran nuclear deal, which gave billions billions of dollars of cash on a pallet in the middle of the night to the Iranians under Barack Obama's administration. Uh, but uh, So this caught my eye. A conference of Jewish affairs ran this headline, John Kerry, don't swift boat the Jewish state and the USA. Resign. And that, of course, I've been already, been already been working on this. I mentioned it to you yesterday, but I wanted to explain it better. John Kerry, of course, uh, served... In Vietnam, he served on the swift boats. And back in uh, the the nineties, when I was in radio in Chicago, uh, when John Kerry was running for president, uh, a swift boat veteran who had served with John Kerry, named John O'Neill, came forward to tell a very different story. John Kerry claimed he was like a a hero. He had a Purple Heart. Uh, and um, John uh, John O'Neill said, uh, "Not so fast." So John came to Chicago. I got to know him. I interviewed him, and they set up this Swift Boat Veterans for Truth. And they did that because they knew John Kerry, and they knew the truth about what had happened to him. 
Uh, John, let me go back now. John Kerry served uh, a very truncated, uh, uh, what shall I say, time in Vietnam. Uh, he got he got out early, and he was brought home early. And he rushed back then to testify as a veteran, of course, a wounded veteran. I think again he was shot in the buttocks, as I recall, uh, a wounded veteran. And so gravitas. This young man, 27, testifying before Congress on behalf of uh, Vietnam veterans against the war. And in that uh, particular testimony, he talked about the men he had served with and how they had behaved. And so we looked through that speech, and I asked Adam to pull this section. Let's listen to what John Kerry said to the Congress back in 1971. The war hero who was shot in the rear end, got a Purple Heart, uh, got out early. Uh, This is what he had to say about his fellow Um, fellow veterans. We had an investigation at which over 150 honorably discharged and many very highly decorated veterans testified to war crimes committed in Southeast Asia. Not isolated incidents, but crimes committed on a day-to-day basis with a full awareness of officers at all levels of command. It's impossible to describe to you exactly what did happen in Detroit, the emotions in the room, the feelings of the men who were reliving their experiences in Vietnam. But they did. They relived the absolute horror of what this country, in a sense, made them do. Uh, They told the stories of times that they had personally raped, cut off ears, cut off heads, taped wires from portable telephones to human genitals and turned up the power, cut off limbs, blown up bodies, randomly shot at civilians, raised villages in a fashion reminiscent of Genghis Khan, shot cattle and dogs for fun, poisoned food stocks, and generally ravaged the countryside of South Vietnam in addition to the normal ravage of war and the normal uh, and very particular ravaging which is done by the applied bombing power of this country. So that's how he described his fellow soldiers in the manner of Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan was a, uh, a, a Mongolian ruler known for his viciousness. So American soldiers were just like Genghis Khan. They raped the women, cut off ears, cut off heads, only problem is, uh, before I say any more about this, uh, could I just tell you, I was in Vietnam uh, a number of years ago, and I was actually meeting with former uh, Vietnam- Vietnamese uh, soldiers, and certainly my son was a pastor in a Vietnamese church, I've, um, and I've had a ton of conversations. A doctor who uh, did surgery on me was Vietnamese. We talked a lot about this, and could I just tell you that I know firsthand that the Vietnamese people do not view American soldiers that way? They were so sorry to see America leave. They loved American soldiers, uh, and um, and so uh, uh, on. My own, uh, my own particular telling of this, I just don't. That's not true. What he said is just not true. But you know, I wasn't there. But I'll tell you who was there. Uh, John O'Neill got together these Swift Boat veterans, men who had served with John Kerry, and they did a series of commercials to stop him from being president. And by the way, it was very successful. And I thank God I was part of stopping that. Happy to have stopped that. And let me tell you, th- these men, I don't even know if they're still living. John O'Neill is not. Uh, but this is what they had to say about John Kerry and his service. Clip 12. 
And if you have any question about what John Kerry's made of, just spend three minutes with the men who served with him. I served with John Kerry. I served with John Kerry. John Kerry has not been honest about what happened in Vietnam. He is lying about his record. I know John Kerry is lying about his first Purple Heart because I treated him for that injury. John Kerry lied to his Bronze Star. I know. I was there. I saw what happened. His account of what happened and what actually happened are the difference between night and day. John Kerry has not been honest. And he lacks the capacity to lead. When the chips were down, you could not count on John Kerry. John Kerry is no war hero. He betrayed all his shipmates. He lied before the Senate. John Kerry betrayed the men and women he served with in Vietnam. He dishonored his country. He most certainly did. I served with John Kerry. John Kerry cannot be trusted. Swift Boat Veterans for Truth is responsible for the content of this advertisement. All right, so that uh, takes you back in time uh, to when John Kerry was running for president, and he did not get uh, pre the presidency, as you know. And I'm confident it was because of the work of Swift Boat Veterans, because they did several commercials, and they really uh, they resonated, because these men were speaking from their heart. Uh, they had served with him, and they knew he was a liar. And so uh, now John Kerry has really undermined the safety and security of America, uh, put our soldiers at risk again by telling the foreign minister of Iran about attacks by Israel. This is classified information on Iranian, uh, uh, I don't know if it's nuclear facilities, but military facilities. And so um, uh, it's serious, it's serious, it's serious, but nobody seems to want to take it seriously, except I will say a group of Republicans are calling for an investigation into John Kerry, uh, led by uh, Missouri Republican uh, Representative Ann Wagner, Kentucky Representative Andy Barr, New York Representative Lee Zeldin, and uh, by the way, the New York Times was the first one to... Uh, uh, Sorry, I, I'm getting I, I'm getting I'm getting two stories mixed up, so I don't want to say that. Um, so these particular congressmen are um, are asking John Kerry to be removed. They're asking uh, Joe Biden to remove him. We write to draw your attention to recent allegations surrounding United States Special Presidential Envoy for Climate John Kerry. We are appalled by Iranian Foreign Minister Mohammad Javad Zaris. A claim that Mr. Kerry, as Secretary of State, revealed Israel's covert attacks on Iranian interests in Syria. Iran poses an ex existential threat to Israel, the United States' key ally in, the, ally in the Middle East, and it has repeatedly demonstrated its willingness to attack Israel directly, both through proxies and from its positions in Syria. Given the gravity of the security threat Iran poses to the U.S. and Israeli interests, we respectfully ask that you fully investigate these allegations. All right, so that's a John Kerry, and now you know. This is Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. Hello, I'm Gary Roby, host of Call to Worship, heard each Sunday on American Family Radio. This one-hour program will lead you in a special time of worship and praise. We will focus on God's Word, spoken, and in music, Call to Worship has a different topic each week as we glorify God together. Be sure to join us at 5 a.m. Central each Sunday for a Call to Worship right here on American Family Radio. To sharpen the biblical worldview of Christians and to share the good news of Jesus Christ, that is the mission of the Christian Worldview Radio Program. I'm host David Wheaton, 
inviting you to join us this Saturday morning at 9 Eastern, 8 Central, as we discuss all matters of life and faith from a decidedly biblical perspective. The Christian Worldview, Saturday mornings at 9 Eastern, 8 Central, right here on American Family Radio. Love does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Planned Parenthood CEO Alexis McGill-Johnson denounced her organization's founder, Margaret Sanger, as a racist eugenicist in an op-ed for the New York Times. Johnson said nothing, however, about ending Sanger's racial abortion focus implanted in the DNA of this murderous organization. Furthermore, Johnson took cover by embracing the full breadth and scope of transgender ideology, even setting the organization against trans-exclusionary radical feminists, regressive feminists who say men aren't women, yeah, regressive infighting. Did I mention Planned Parenthood has become America's largest dispenser of cross-sex hormones to minors? Abusing children for profit. Same game, different court. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Brian Fisher here with the Life and Liberty Minute. Democrats insist the District of Columbia must become the 51st state. Are they right? No, they're not. The Constitution is clear on this with good reason. In 1783, Independence Hall, where the new central government met, was surrounded by Continental soldiers demanding back pay for their service in the Revolutionary War. The founders had to move the seat of government for a time to Princeton, New Jersey, when Philadelphia authorities wouldn't do anything about it. This confirmed to the founders that the national capital should not be at the mercy of any one state. Plus, Democrats know that residents of the district will always vote for the party of bigger government. In 2020, for instance, the Democrats won 92% of the D.C. vote. The founders were right. Let's leave things right where they are. Catch Brian Fisher on Focal Point, weekday afternoons at 105 Central on American Family Radio. This is Frank Gaffney with the Secure Freedom Minute. During Joe Biden's free stuff speech to some of the Congress last night, in which he effectively promised a host of initiatives designed to fundamentally transform America along socialist, if not full-on Marxist lines, the president characterized our relationship with the world's exemplar of that model, communist China, as a, quote, competition, unquote. While the commander-in-chief whistles past the graveyard, nine of our nation's four-star combatant commanders have sounded an alarm that the Chinese communists and their Russian strategic partners are actually grave and grave growing threats. In a 36-star letter to the intelligence community, they pleaded for more rapid declassification of the truth to inform American and allied publics. The truth is that the Chinese Communist Party is waging an unrestricted people's war against us. We ignore that reality to say nothing of emulate their government-dominated system at our freedom's extreme peril. This is Frank Gaffney. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Facebook or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Let's move on to President Biden and how he's doing. Um, One of your progressive, uh, your fellow progressives in the House, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, says that he's exceeded her expectations and expectations for progressives. Do you agree? I do. Uh, You know, I think that this has been a really interesting time for us 
to see how the progressive movement at large, all the progressive voters, young voters, voters of color that came out and turned out for the president in November, helping us to win the White House, the Senate and the House uh, and the pandemic and the way in which it has just um, really shined such a bright light on all the inequalities that have existed. I think President Biden has risen to the moment and I really do give him an A in what he's done so far. It's been bold, it's been progressive, it's been what the country needs. He hasn't shied away from it, he has leaned into it. And we're hoping that the same continues to happen as we go through the process to pass the Jobs and Families Plan. It's true. He is off the charts. But uh, progressive movement, I don't think so. I think maybe it's the communist totalitarian movement. That's the movement that's happening with our college students, uh, with people of color who are out on the streets uh, and, you know, inside the Congress. All right. I want to open the phone lines. We haven't talked in a long time. I should have given it before the break. I forgot. It's 888-589-8840 is the number. You can, uh, talk, you know, make a comment on anything. Just just make sure that you're concise and uh, that you make a good comment. So uh, 888-589-8840 is the number. Adam is standing by to take your calls. Uh, and so we'll do that as soon as we get a good call. Um, uh, just a couple of things from you. Uh, Robin Hunsinger wrote on Facebook, <clears throat> on January 6th, around 100,000 people came to Washington about 3,000 people gathered at the Capitol building, or cap, yeah, Capitol building, an estimated 300 went into the Capitol building. Would that justify miles of fencing and over 3,000 National Guard? Then why in the first three months of 2021, uh, the U.S. had more than 150,000 people coming into our country illegally and no more fencing? Not enough border patrol or military to care for the illegals and protect the U.S. citizens. God help us all. Robin, very, very astute point, very well put, and uh, I just wanted to share that with people. This is from Jerry. He said he's disappointed. He said after the Sherathon, he thought I would come back and give my opinion on the end times. Uh, I thought you were going to do that. The end times I'm talking about, is it time for America to come to an end? Um, uh, so, <clears throat> Jerry, first of all, um, I I, uh, I have kind of indicated what I think, but I'm not going to ever give specifics about the end times because <laughs> the Bible is so clear that no man knows. Uh, but my my gut is that that I, I said this after the election, after President Trump <clears throat> was not declared the winner, that I believe God is bringing judgment. Initially, I I fought like crazy, and I, I you were fighting like crazy. We were all trying to stop this. We knew what was going to happen. Maybe you didn't realize how bad it would be. But you're learning, and people are learning slowly uh, what the alternative was and how horrible it really is and is going to to get. Right now, we're kind of like in the eye of the storm. The bottom has not dropped out yet, so it's possible to have like a normal life and laugh and talk and do your normal things and go out and spend money and drive your car and do all the things that pretty much that you like to do. But that's going to come to a close probably sooner rather than later. And, um, I believe that God is bringing judgment, and therefore I think, yeah, it is the end. Uh, it will be um, the end of America as we know it. I am still optimistic, uh, as I always have been. <clears throat> we know that God does hear, hear his people. He hears their cries, and he intervenes. <clears throat> and I think uh, certainly in various areas around the country and, uh, as I said before, in, in counties and states, where you can still fight, you should fight. You should fight. Always fight. Fight, you know, in the right way. Uh, so, um, you know, the, the jury's not, uh, it's not over yet, 
Uh, and also, as long as there are so many of us, I heard I talked to Katie Hopkins yesterday from Great Britain, and she was saying how she's in the states right now, and she was saying how encouraged she is by uh, the spunk of Americans. She said Great Britain is over; it's just over. People are not fighting back at all. And one of the things they've done, by the way, in Great Britain is no one is the the uh, government is paying eighty percent of people's salary, so nobody cares if they stay home and they don't work. They're getting paid eighty percent of their salary. But the country is bankrupt, and the the bottom is going to drop out there, but the, the difference is nobody there seems to get it, and they're not fighting. And she said she's so encouraged that there are so many Americans that still understand and are fighting back. All right, I wanted to, I, I may have taken your talk time. I didn't want to do that. Uh, let's go to Jerry in Texas. Good morning, Jerry. Yes, I am. Good morning. How are you? Wonderful. It's a beautiful day in Texas. Oh, How well, it's always a beautiful day in Texas, isn't it? <laughs> yes, ma'am. Uh, real quick, I just I don't want to keep you long. Um, I deleted my Facebook after the 2020 election, um, and I went back to my previous 2015 mode of not being on Facebook. So yep. when you post the things that you post your references on Facebook, I can't get to them. So yep. I would humbly request that if you can post them on the AFA uh website when i log in to listen to the podcast or whatever that's where i normally go for those but i don't okay. know if you post your references on there that you know what that's a good, that's a good i would because uh, no no that's a good that's a good suggestion because i'm i don't want to be on facebook but i just haven't really known how to do that i mean i really have just not known where how can i get this to you if i don't do that but that's that's right. a great suggestion we'll look into that jerry thanks a lot i appreciate that thank you all right let's go to stephanie uh in o- oklahoma hey stephanie good morning Good morning. How are you, Sandy? Good. So what's on your mind, Stephanie? Well, I just I would just kind of wanted your thought. Um, I feel like we're always on offense, I mean on defense. Um, I feel like it's so overwhelming where to even start to make a difference, and most of us feel like, I think, a lot of us, I'm a single mom, and I feel like I'm doing everything just to survive day to day and just do what I need to do to take care of my family. But how do we get beyond that and get out from our family and really make a difference to turn things around? Because I don't even know where to start because it seems so overwhelming. Um, well, in addition, you, I do want to make a positive comment. I have a son that goes to College of the Ozarks, and I don't know if you saw their recent lawsuit against the uh, Joe Biden's administration and HUD. No. Okay, that would be interesting for you to look at. They've been proactive to file a lawsuit ahead of time against the title, I guess it's 10. Um, it could be. making the opposite sex stay oh, yeah, yeah, in the yeah. dorms. Yes. And they've okay, well, proactive and they filed a federal lawsuit. But anyway, how do we make a difference where we are uh, locally? Well, Stephanie, first of all, I, you know, I have to give you a quick answer, which is so unsatisfying, I know. But first of all, having been a single mom, and overwhelmed, I would tell you that your first role is to take care of your children and provide for them as best you possibly can. If you're doing that, you're doing what God wants you to do and teaching them about Him. That is your priority. Your priority isn't to be out in the street uh, to to their detriment. But this is what you could do, it seems. Uh, Because you're listening and you're being informed, you can have influence with your children, with your neighbors and friends. Uh, as you guys are talking, you can share information. But I, I don't think as a single mom you need to be running for office or, you know, doing— I, I just think you need to lower your expectations. Um, it's, it's not 
uh, yeah, that's what I think. So I, I hope that helps you. Uh, just, just take a deep breath and, uh, and uh, exercise your trust in God. But do what you can do. You can do something. You know, I say that what every day. I'm probably annoying. You can do something. And that means like teach your children. Tell your families, your family members. Uh, tell your friends. Uh, just uh, not, a, not as a crusader, but as a come let us reason together. Come, let us reason together. That's the attitude that we should have as we're talking to people. And that's what you can do, Stephanie. And God bless you. Let's go to um, let's go to Joshua in Texas. Good morning, Joshua. Hey, Sammy. How are you? Good. Thank you. I am smiling ear to ear. I love your show, and you are a soldier. Thank you. <laughs> and thank you, Joshua. Um, I try to be. So, yes, thank you. You, you really encouraged me quite a bit, and... Uh, Actually, so much that I, I'm. That's why I'm calling. I, I, I want to know how I can get involved at the local level. I know that's where it starts. I just don't know where to go. How to take initiative doing that. The yeah. Second part that I want to ask is, um, you know, Boston Tea Party people stood up and revolted back, and it, um, my gut says, "Hey, that's where we're headed." I want to know what you have to say about that. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, that's a um, well. Let me let me take the oh, okay. I'll answer that as best I can. Yeah, I, but the the thing that um, there are pockets of uh, uh, people taking a stand. Probably what we lack, Joshua's leadership. We lack. I think people are willing to do stuff, but there's just we lack leadership. Uh, we've looked again to the conservatives have looked to the Republican Party, and the leadership has just been, with few exceptions, has been disastrous. And um, so that's not where we find it. We're going to find it. Maybe there'll be pastors, uh, maybe m- young men like you. Uh, who feel called of God, and you start speaking out, and people start listening. You see, I don't think you uh, become a leader uh, by your own choice. I think people generally, uh, let's see, if you have certain gifts, uh, God God affirms that by people's affirmation of you, and you start getting asked, and you start getting platforms. So, uh, th- so natural leaders need to spring up, and I think they will. And you might be one of them, Joshua. The other thing is um, how to get involved. Uh, let me just... Um, you uh, you should find out find out who your local mayor or, or you know your local governments is start there like what's your city council like do a little research uh, ask people talk call somebody who knows go visit one of them i don't know go sit in a school board meeting whatever your interest is you might be a businessman you might be a person who has some interest or experience in uh, education uh, or you have children, you're especially interested in that, pick the thing that you're interested in. And, and the more you get involved, the more you're going to learn. And then I think you'll know where your niche is, whether it's to identify and support candidates or whether it is to run yourself. And uh, again, let me just say that there are there are things in the works right now to start uh, helping people get involved locally and taking uh, taking their uh, their town, their home, their county back uh, but I can't, I can't say much about it yet, but that's in the works. But that's what I would do if I were you. Just start getting familiar with how your governments work, how your city works, and or how your county works, whichever is uh, makes more sense to you. That's how you start. Thank you, Joshua. Let's go to uh, Bill in West Virginia. Good morning, Bill. Hi, hi Sandy. Um, I just want to ask you a question. Uh, I was in CWA the same time you were. <clears throat> I was in Local 1150 out of New York under Laura Unger primarily, but other presidents. And we keep talking about these high-tech, these big-tech companies, and how they don't have to do this, this, and this. The way I see it, these people are communications people. And I remember when I was in AT&T, we were held at very strict standards. 
by the FCC. And these people should be held to the same standards and not able to do what they can do to anybody, yeah. I thought. Yeah, well, Bill, yeah, well, no, no, of course you're right. But you're talking about in another land, in another time, and another place. As I've tried to uh, say, and I, I know it's so hard to believe, it's so hard to fathom, but Bill, really, the institutions have broken down. Almost without exception, they've been taken over by the left. And that's why that, that, that goes to the FCC. I just read an article this morning about uh, a Florida radio station, South Florida. Uh, they are a Hispanic station. Uh, they were bought. They are being bought by a conservative uh, network, and uh, they they bought it. And then they fired the lead um, host who used to work for Hillary Clinton, uh, very connected to the Clinton family. And so now the FCC is stepping in and trying to stop the sale. See, so we we live in a corrupt time, terrible corruption, and so the normal rules don't apply. Uh, so all right, that's all I can say for right now with the time that I have. But thanks, thank you. It's nice to talk to you, Bill. Thank you. Let's go to um, uh, um, um, uh, Victoria in Virginia. Victoria, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to share with you when you were talking about act locally, I'd like to figure out how because my son has cerebral palsy, legally blind, hydrocephalus. He walks with a walker. But here in the place where I live in Virginia, the system has messed up because you can only get assisted living if you're uh, an alcoholic, a drug addict, or a senior citizen. So he had to move away from here. Even we went all the way, tried everything, and there was no assisted living for him in this area unless he was one of those categories. That's a pretty messed up system. Yeah, it's a pretty messed up system, Victoria. I guess the only thing that, I don't know where you are in Virginia, but look for other means of help that are not connected to government. Um, in, in Illinois, there was a, uh, an association called Ray Graham that was great. They actually saved my life with my severely disabled child. Uh, look for uh, Jill's House in uh, McLean uh, is a great resource for you. Jill's House in McLean, Virginia. Uh, check with them and see if you can get some help or find out where help might be found for you. Okay, thanks so much. I'm so sorry we had so little time. I treasure each one of you. I thank you for listening. You honor me by doing that. And uh, God bless each and every one of you. And don't be discouraged because really and truly, Jesus is coming again. Sandy Rios in the morning. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.